The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Episode of Weeby Geeks. Oh, jeez. How long has it been since I've done that on this show? Well, we were just saying how tired we all are. Yeah. Obviously, this is not Weeby Geeks because you're hearing Ken's voice. Or are we on Weeby Geeks? You know, we still need to figure out when to get uh, Geek Watch 1 on Weeby Geeks. It's been a long time. We're overdue. Yeah. Well, we've never got the contracts. So we don't know how much you're trying to pay us. Wait, there's pay. We've been at this for a while, so it, 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 the number better be pretty big. Five cents. <laughs> I need at least six numbers on that. Uh, I'll find a nickel that's got six numbers on it somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is the Smugglers Three here on Wookie Radio. It is Ken, Derek, and myself, Mike. As you've heard, we're tired, but other than that, how's everyone doing? All right. Yeah, not bad. I know I, I know it's coming through from us, too, but Mike, you are sounding fantastic on that new microphone. So you guys are as well. And actually, I still need you guys to uh, send me a little bit of audio so I could help you all adjust your EQ settings. Ah. Oh, uh. yeah. I didn't know anything about that. See, if you tell me this before we go on the air, I can do stuff like that. I think I told you all last week, but I don't remember. There's been sleep and lack of sleep since then. <laughs> yeah, the last two weeks of work have been not all that great. So you guys know off air what's going on with all that stuff. Oh, yeah. So it, my brain has been putty for the last two weeks. So um, check out the homepage, wikiradio.net. And support our different affiliates like Biddy Boomers. Um, shoot, I don't even remember who all's there. This is just how tired I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know yeah. Biddy Boomers is there and they've got some great stuff. Like they just recently put out a whole bunch of new uh, child Biddy Boomers. Like one where he's eating the eating a frog. Oh, I saw some of those. Oh, really? Yep. Um, well, let's scroll down the side here. We got 
CAD Audio, Tascam, the, our sponsors, Rocky Mount 3D Printing. Which, hey, speaking of CAD Audio, if you're looking to get into podcasting, start your own Star Wars podcast or whatever other podcast that inspires you to put your story out there on the internet. If you're looking at a USB mic, check out the Podcaster Super D 1300 USB. It's what Ken's using. Or check out what Derek and I are using if you're willing to get the audio interface, which, hey, with Tascam, go to bnhphoto.com or bhphoto.com where you can order a mini studio 42 and then you can use the Podmaster Super D 1200, which is the XLR mic that you could put in. Uh, yes, the mic's going to be a little boomy, but hey, who does not like having a quote-unquote voice of God type sound to their voice? <laughs> that, But if you don't want it so boomy, just EQ the, EQ the mic and roll it off. Um, but the, the voice of God is pretty cool. Uh, it, it gives a little deeper tone to your voice, makes it, it, the mic helps give it a more rich sound to your voice. And they're affordable. Uh, the mm -hmm. USB mic that Ken has is ninety nine ninety nine. Um, that's because it's got uh, the extra twenty bucks. Is because of the processing that's built into the microphone for the conversion being USB. The XLR mics are seventy nine ninety nine, and that comes with the boom stand and the shock mount and a windscreen. Exactly, can't beat it. Great package. I'm actually thinking about buying a second one so that. Uh, when my wife Vicky is on here doing Geekwatch One, she can have the same mic. Great idea. I've been a fan of Cat Audio since I started doing podcasting. We started with the um, U37s, which I've yep. always used until now. Yep. And now we're upgrading to this one. It, it, this is beautiful. Yeah, it is great mic. Nice front address. It's awesome. Uh, also, to check out Chris over at Rocky Three Rocky Mountain 3D Printing. Uh, I got to get with him because announcements coming soon on who won the first round of the great hyperspace chase. Bum, bum, bum. Um, I, I think I've, I've changed my mind about it. instead of trying to do it quarterly. I think we're going to do it twice a year. So go like five months, take a month off, start up again, go five months, take a month off. So go, go from like January to May, June gives us a chance to prep new, new material for things. And then go July to November. I'm trying to get everything out by the end of that way we've got June and December trying to get everything sent out. Uh, you can also check out our web stores, uh, be it Jersicity, um, which yes, I have heard from some people. We've got a lot of different options. Um, I'm hoping to try and narrow some of that back. So there's not as many choices, uh, per show because it is a bit overwhelming. Um, <laughs> and also to T public check out as well superhero stuff where they've got some great hero boxes and other great star Wars merch and other geek merch as well. So, um, other than that, what am I missing? Don't say loot creep. Cause it's coming off now. They've been, I haven't had any success with loot creep. Yeah. I've seen that they're still going, but they're nowhere near what it was when they first started. No, I think one of the last great boxes that was to be had was that Star Wars box that we all got. Yeah. That was an amazing box. Zoe, Zoe's had a Harry Potter box that was really decent. Um, I've had a couple Marvel boxes that were decent. 
That was about it. Yeah, I'm up on I'm up on their website now. They have a um, new Inuyasha box that's uh, that you can order now. Okay. If you're an anime fan. Yeah. Well, um, speaking of boxes, I know this is crazy, huh? Um, Culture Fly. This is coming from our friends over at the Pop Insider. Culture Fly's first Star Wars box is open for pre-orders. Now, okay. Um, Culture, there's a subscription box company called Culture Fly. I am not familiar with this company. Uh, neither am I. Never heard of them. So I'm going to have to figure out how to. Okay, so let's do this. I'm searching. That's kind of cool. The, the child on top of it. So this is from June 1st, this news. Um, as Madeline puts, um, or more, I can hear her voice as I'm reading this. How scary is that? Um, we're more excited than Grogu when he gets a snack. That's saying something. Today, the fan today fandom subscription box company Culturefly revealed its first Star Wars box, also known as the Galaxy Box. The company announced its plans for it for this new quarterly box back on May fourth, aka Star Trek Day. Sorry, Star Wars Day. Okay. I remember I Star Trek Day was actually about a week off from that. No grown. What is it? No. First contact day? You 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 guys mm-hmm. are tired because no groans, no no nothing. <laughs> I figure um, if we give you any reaction, positive or negative, it still like makes you want to do more. <laughs> Even no so reaction. No still... it, maybe you'll like let it drop. No. You know better than that. Anyway. Um so it just opened the pre-orders for the first box in the series on June 1st. So along with the pre-order, along with opening pre-orders, Culture Fly shared that the entire box will be inspired by the Mandalorian, starting with its Beskar-inspired exterior. Every box will contain a variety of Star Wars-themed items, including apparel, accessories, collectibles, stationery, home goods, and decor. While most of the items remain a mystery until the box arrives, Culturefly did give fans a peek at one thing that will be in this box, in this first box, a magnetic desk organizer that is shaped like Grogu using the Force. That is kind of cool. That is awesome. Fans who pre-ordered the box now can expect to get this bounty of goods in late July, but you can sign up for a quarterly box description. That's $49.99 per box billed every three months. Or a annual subscription, $44.99 per box billed annually. Both subscription options include free domestic shipping and renew automatically, but you could cancel at any time. To check this out, go to culturefly.com. Who else do they have? They have a DC box, an office box. A Friends Box, Pusheen Box, My Hero Academia Box, The Office, Supernatural, Nickelodeon, SpongeBob. Is that it? Okay, they're the group behind uh, World's Fine, the World's Finest Collection. Ah, okay. Yeah, th- that uh, sounds about right because that's the um, oh. that's about the price point they're at too. At fifty, at fifty, that's yeah. the World's Finest fifty a quarter. Yeah, this is pretty cool, and apparently. Sort of like what Loot Crate used to do. Um, they sell anything left over on the website. Cool. So if there was something in a box that you liked, 
over a given period of time, maybe able to go back and find it when it when there's extras. That'd be cool. I could deal with that. So, um, is this something that potentially uh, grab y'all's guys' attention? Yeah, maybe. Okay, so the details according to Culturefly, this will be a day long a day long remembered. The Star Wars Galaxy Box will be the must-have mystery box for any Jedi or Sith. Every three months, you'll receive a new collection featuring products inspired by Star Wars and the Mandalorian. Ooh. Each unique... That's funny. It's almost like they... they, they do they not realize Star Wars, the Mandalorian is Star Wars? Yeah, but I think they're trying to say inspired by Star Wars and then the series. Yeah. Uh, each uniquely themed box is packed with over $120 worth of exclusive apparel, collectibles, and more. That's a that's a mighty big shoe to fill. Yeah. Because we know for a while, Loot Crate was, was saying a similar thing and fell flat. I think part of what it is with Loot Crate is when they first came in, they were the only company on the block. Yep. Now there's so many of them that they couldn't keep up. Hopefully some of these other ones can. I'm hoping. And also, originally, Loot Crate wasn't specializing. They said, here you got you got one box that's random. You never know what you're going to be. Yeah, it was just cool. I, that, was, that was fine. But then it kind of absolutely, I think they they stretched themselves out. So, um, so yeah. I'm looking at the Culture Fly website, and they have some interesting stuff on there. Yes, they do. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm impressed with this box with this company we may we may need to see about getting someone from the show or fr- someone from culture fly on the show yeah to talk about how they came about and, and the process that goes through um to doing a a getting a license for for a box that's always interesting it's like it also um the process of how do they determine what's in the box or is it just randomly whatever's be, be given to them or how does that work mm. yep I know when we had uh, over on Weeby Geeks comic bento, um, we were told oh, yeah. we were told there they would come up with a theme, and then they usually got a pretty good deal on buying books because they bought so much, um, and that's how they did that one. Uh, and we actually helped come up with books for uh, for a mega bento one time. Yep. So I thought that was pretty cool. So, um, see where to go to, where to go to next. Cause I found something on culture fly. I need to fill out. Um, I did see, I'm not going to sort of say any one source, but, uh, because it, a couple of them and the, they're all the rumor sites that are running it. Did you guys see the rumors that have been all over the place that supposedly George Lucas is getting back involved again? Yeah. Okay. I don't now personally, I don't put any weight on this. But nah. what, what would your take be on this? No. My take on this is the same thing that's been happening for a while. We've been hearing about this off and on from uh, for a year and a half to two years now. Yeah. Ever since he first walked on to Mandalorian. Well, actually, though, that's an interesting number you put on that. Because according to backstage rumors and stuff, Filoni's actually had his new job for about a year to year and a half. And they just now updated the website. Oh, yeah. So. 
that might actually make sense. The guy that he trained to do this now is in charge of creative. He may want to come back in and play a little bit. So me personally, I think what it, what it would be if at all would be, um, if he's going to pick up the telephone for anybody, if they would call, it would be Dave Filoni. So it could be Dave and John actually just running ideas by George and getting his take on it. He doesn't have any actual control over it, but Mm -hmm. he's willing to actually give them a hand and give him his advice. Okay. Well, let's put, Let's put this thought out there. We know Rangers of the New Republic have been has been put on hold. If you actually look at the newer stuff, they're all saying it's pretty much dead in the water at this point. Okay. But, like I said, that's on more rumor sites. Again, rumor. Let's just say it's on hold. Yeah. Because Filoni's busy with the Ahsoka series. Favreau's tied up with Book of Fett. Or is he involved with Book of Fett? Favreau, yeah. Favreau's doing Book of Fett also. Yeah. He's hot. He's tied up with Mandalorian three season three. And I'm sure Filoni is as well. You got Obi-Wan out there. You've got, um, Andor out there. Who's to say they haven't turned around and asked George, can you do the treatment for a, here's what we have going now, catching him up to speed and then saying, can you do uh, Rangers of the new Republic? I make it like a, a Lone Ranger or Texas Ranger type-esque series for Star Wars. That is, does seem like it would be something right up his wheelhouse, that, doing something that feels like something that's from the past. Yeah. Because um, I don't care who you are. Anybody out there who's a Star Wars fan who has never seen them, find, and they're free everywhere, the original Flash Gordon um, movie serials. Oh, they're great. You can't watch those and not see Star Wars all through there. <laughs> Star Wars was more than just loosely based on some of the, the principles out of that and the way the way it was shot and some of those things. Right. I mean, I know that he used a lot of stuff out of the um, Akira Kurosawa samurai movies also, and there's a lot of other influences, but those Flash Gordon and Buck Rogers shows from the 30s and 40s basically taught George Lucas how to tell stories the way he wanted to do for Star Wars including opening crawls and things like that. Right. So doing something else that's in a different vein, but in that universe, but still in the star Wars universe might be something he'd really be interested in. Right. So one of the rumors I actually saw was going full on enough to say that supposedly he's actually writing one of the episodes of Andor. I don't think he's that involved. Hmm. No, not yet. So it's just interesting to throw the idea around, you know what I mean? It seems to me more likely if you were going to do something like that, it would be an episode of Obi-Wan. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I know one, I would, I don't, I do not see him at all um, writing or even um, coming up with concepts for any of the movies after what they did with the, the changes they made to the sequels after Mm -hmm. he had already given them treatments and stuff, which we don't know how far Mm -hmm. along the treatments were. But they definitely were not his idea. They took some of his ideas, but not a lot of them. So he would be, I think he, if he gets involved at all, it would be a lot, a lot of uh, picking and choosing exactly where he's playing. Right. And I think television is where he would be because you, you could do so much now. Cause remember when, uh, before he sold the company, he was trying to develop um, the star Wars underworld series. Which scripts are done. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And and, and, there was, and then there was also the test footage. Yeah, and he um, admitted that it was way too expensive for him to be able to do with what they had. Now, now that they had the volume and things like that, 
they could have no problem doing it. Yeah. Mm. But it was tech that wasn't available back then. Even yeah. though it was only a couple of years ago. That was what, six, seven years ago? Uh, right around 2012, 2013? Yeah. Yeah, it was 2012 is when Underground was being discussed. So it's like even in that short amount of time, if nothing else, just the the volume itself has opened up so much. Oh, yeah. And now, as far as I know, Lucasfilm has at least two of those. Maybe because he supposedly wants they're using to, it in England also. Maybe he wants to play with, with that. True. Yeah, the tech has finally got to the point where he can do exactly what he wants to see on screen. Mm. In real time. Yeah, yeah. That, that might, might be enough to, to bring him out of retirement for a bit. I wonder, one of the other ones that I've always thought was kind of interesting was um, the virtual ra- virtual reality tech that they do um that they use for like jungle book and ready player one where they were actually filming in 3d in real time with the actors right so that you're directing them and you're seeing exactly what they're going to what it's going to look like as the actors are actually acting well Mm. we we, i think we saw that a little bit in the gallery when they're talking about what led to the volume that the director would put on a pair of vr goggles yeah to, to see how it was playing out with the 3D mm-hmm. engine, which is something they it's insane, which is something they kind of could do with um, the volume as well. Yeah. So basically, I think we're all agreeing on the point that if anything was going to bring him back to filmmaking at all, it'd be playing with the new technology that's available. Yes. The stuff that he oh, only yeah. dreamed of back when he was making the movies to start with. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. it wasn't even in his wildest dreams that he could do something like that. Yeah. And now they've actually made it affordable. Speaking of wildest dreams, we all love Lego. Yeah. Did y'all see what is now available to pre-order on Lego.com? Oh, yeah. I saw that. That yeah. is crazy. Looking. I think I saw it. What is it? Uh, Star Wars fans will be left out of the fun until the uh, 633-piece. Well, it's now up for pre-order. will be released August 1st. Oh, yeah, Darth Vader's meditate, meditate, meditation chamber. Meditation chamber. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, that looks awesome. Yeah, that's gotta be huge then, because if you look at it, it doesn't look like that big and that crazy of a um, Lego design. That's gotta be much bigger than what it looks like here for six hundred pieces. I know. No, there, there's a lot of small pieces in this. Plus, you also got the base you gotta consider too. Yeah. Um, it will Speaking feature- of like, have you guys watched the the Lego Masters season two is is back? Saw that. Have not watched the first episode yet. Yeah, I've not seen the first season yet. I know yeah. what it was, but it's a pretty cool show. Um. Anyway, this kit is going to be sixty nine ninety nine. That's a surprise for me. No, it's about right. Sixty three, six hundred and thirty three pieces. A little over 10 cents a, a, a brick. That's about right. Just over 10 cents a brick. Yeah, it's about right. Well, what surprises me is it's a Lego kit that I actually would like that's almost affordable. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now. That's surprising. You got to take into consideration know, in the piece right? in the piece count. The leg, the minifigure alone is one, two, two, four, six, eight, eight pieces just for the minifig. Plus the pistol is nine. Saber hilt's 10 and the blade is 11. Yeah. 
that right there. And then you get another minifigure with it. Well, that's no, I'm saying that's just two, only comes with two minifigs. Oh, you were counting both of them. I was counting both of them. So you get Vader and Veers. That's interesting. You get General Veers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't, well, yeah, Veers was in that, in that, yeah. in the first scene, complaining about how uh, Pettit brought him in too close. Well, no, if you remember, technically he didn't complain. Vader told him they got too close. He was just making the report saying, hey, we're here. Yeah. And we've detected the energy shield. Then Vader took it from there and said, oh, that's because we came in too close and they're ready for us. Mm. Yep. But on one of the bricks, you have a Lego Pettit who's about to get force choked as it's on the it's on the panel. Yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, the chamber of op- Lego website. Do you get better, more pictures than this? What Probably. I have just has the one picture. Probably. Let me go look. Um, just Google the Darth Vader meditation chamber. You should be able to find some good pictures. Yeah. It the chamber opens and closes just like the real thing, and features big screen features of big screen control panels, a rotating seat for Vader, and a place for Veers to stand opposite him. Now I don't see in any of the pictures I'm looking at what vader looks like without the helmet i don't think they give you vader without the helmet in this they should oh no no no! wait in the one picture here it shows him just the head because the meditation chamber is almost fully closed mm. you see that one yes and it and it is the uh it is the scarred head oh yeah oh yeah yep i see it and actually on the screen in the back you get admiral ozzel and um Captain Pitt mm. yep. yeah. before he gets um, promoted. Yep. This would be as much as I'm trying to collect the different Death Star one scenes. This would be a good one to have too. Yeah. Well, the thing is also you realize that um, if you don't get this when it first comes out, then you decide to do it later. You're going to have to pay a whole lot more for it. Yeah. This one just depends on whether I truly want it or not. Not saying I'm not interested. Mm. It's just a, do I truly want it? So, um, let's see what's what do I have up next for us to talk about? Oh, uh, let's go ahead and get into Bad Batch latest episode. It was kind of fun. Yeah, I liked it. Hold on, let me let me uh, dig into my memory banks. It's been almost a week since I've seen it. <laughs> Okay. And Michael bring us the rundown. Oh, oh, yes. Okay. I remember. Yeah, Moochie. It was the Moochie episode. Moochie. Yeah. So, Kim, why don't you start us off on a recap? Oh, I uh-huh. thought you would do that. Oh, I got some other surprises to go with this. Oh, sure. Yes, I do. Well, we start off the episode this week with, uh, or wait, which one is this? Let's see. This is episode five, right? Episode five. Okay. Yeah. And we're slated for what? 16? Something like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. We get almost an entire se- actual real season. Wow. But we get the Bad Batch all flying through hyperspace, and it's finally time for Omega to get her own comm device, in which, being a kid, she's going to play with it, even though they tell her multiple mm-hmm. times it's not a toy. But they do find that they realize, remember last episode, that Fennec Shan was trying to get, get a hold of uh, Omega, so they got to figure out who is this bounty hunter? Why is she after Omega? So 
Um, Hunter remembers an old ally of the Jedi named Sid on a world that has been talked about on Star Wars multiple times, and I think we've seen it once or twice, depending on where on um, in what version is um, Ord Mantell. Yes. Yep. And Ord Mantell is known for his bounty hunters. Just ask Han Solo. Yep. A classic planet. A classic mm-hmm. Star Wars planet. Ord Mandel. Mordo. Yes. So we go to Ord Mantell and they go to this uh, bar and realize that Hunter knows the name of this person that the Jedi used to talk to in an informant, but has no idea who it actually is. So they go in and ask for this Sid person, which the Trandish and the old lady at the bar has no idea who they're talking about. So while they're trying to figure out what's going on, Omega sees right through it and realizes that is Sid you're talking to, you dummy. Mm-hmm. Me, making her in Sid's eyes the smartest one of the group. Yep. So when they figure this out, they finally talk to Sid and they ask for um, a favor. Hey, can you help us figure out who this is and why is she after us? Which Sid said, lets them know, hey, I have no idea who it is. And uh, but being that Sid is an underworld type person, she can find the information they're looking for if they do a little help for her. And that little help is they have to save this kid named Moochie from some Sigerian slave traders on the other side of the world. And um, she does offer him the generous reward of a 70-30 split in Sid's favor of the bounty when they bring Moochie back. So uh, obviously they have no other choice, so they take her up on the offer and fly over to find out to find Moochie, and they find in the ruins of another city uh, a bunch of um, Twi'leks and others all in chains ready to get taken away, and there's a kid with them. So they decide, okay, well, that kid has to be Moochie. That's the kid they're looking for. So, But as they're getting ready to go um, get the uh, uh, slaves and break them all out, they're attacked by this giant... Uh, winged lizard called a Brizak, which has been seen in Clone Wars with other Zagirians. I guess it's a native to the Zagirian homeworld. Right. It's used a lot for like flying transportation and stuff there. But while they're having yeah. to fight this say what Derek? A little fun fact. Do you know who did the voice of Sid? Yes, I saw that too. Mike, do you know who it was? Yeah. I didn't recognize the voice at all. No. It sounded kind of familiar, but I didn't realize it until I just looked it up. Mm-hmm. All Rhea those Perlman. old guys will recognize it. Paul Rubens? That's Rhea Perlman, right? No, Rhea Perlman. Oh. Yep. <laughs> I heard that all Paul wrong. <laughs> I thought you said Pee Wee Herman. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I thought you said Pee Wee no, Herman. Rhea, Rhea Perlman, remember? Mm-hmm. She used to be Carla on Cheers. Yep. Okay, but continue. That's all good. We Then we get to go back to the office to see... Um, the person who put the bounty out there to uh, get Moochie back calls up to Sid and starts talking to her. And you see basically from the waist down telling her that, hey, what's going on? And she says, well, we got people out there getting Moochie. You'll be having them back soon. And the the hand and the stance and the voice sounds kind of a little familiar. Indeed. It's almost like you're about to give us a fortune. Quite possibly. Or as we would but- say... Or as we, or as they would say in uh, Canada, fortune, huh? Hey, hi, hey, hey, hey. Continue, Ken. Oh. <laughs> well, 
of course, the um, the Bad Batchers send Omega back to the ship because she's just a kid. She can't help anyway. While they go in to rescue the slaves and get caught. So they're caught, no gear, and Omega's stuck on the ship and has to hide as the Zygerians come and um, check out the ship, make sure there's nobody else there. But because of this, she realizes she now has to save them. So she gets her own gear and, so, and makes her way into the uh, temple or the old city and um, has to break them out. So the four new slaves are sitting there uh, as she comes through. And um, then all of a sudden she makes some noise and they're uh, and the Zagarians come and try to get find her. And it's like, ha, what are you doing sneaking around now? And one of the best lines in the show, she says, I wasn't sneaking. I was unlocking. Yeah, At yeah, which yeah. point, everybody looks terrified, and the gate behind her smashes out, and you get a baby Rancor running around. Yep. With that distraction, the Bad Batch is able to get their gear and break the, fr- the slaves free, and they start talking to the kid and calling him Moochie and says no, and you can see none of them are speaking uh, basic. They're all speaking in Hatties. But they're like, no, 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 I'm not basically not, I'm not Moochie. That's Moochie. That Rancor baby is the one they're actually here to get. <laughs> Moochie. Yes. He's cute too. So I the battle ensues. It's a she. Yeah, that is this one is a she. But she's so cute. Battle ensues. <laughs> the Bad Batch beats the um slavers and and gets Moochie. And we do find out a little bit about Rancor culture, because I believe it's tech that informs Wrecker that Rancors, whoever's the strongest, they'll follow. So Wrecker gets to smash right. the Rancor to get to basically show who's dominant. Yes. So as soon as he gets this done, the, the Rancor actually follows them into the city with no problem back to Sid. At which point we see we find a Bib Fortuna and two Gamorrean guards in there looking for Mushi. At which point you realize, oh, we know who who owns Mushi. This is Jabba's newest Rancor. And um, I guess from reading stuff outside of um, other websites and stuff, that this is not the Rancor from Return of the Jedi. It is not. Yes. And I have, I've a, read. I have a story about that. Okay, well, we'll get to that in a second. But as the adolescent Rancor, um, as they turn them over to Div Fortuna, they collect the bounty. Sid gives them their side of it and actually has some information on um, Fennec Shan. You find out that she's actually, at this point, she's very new, but she's proven herself to be very ruthless and cunning. But as of right now, no one knows who actually hired her. And according to Sid's sources, it's a direct commission. So Fennec Shan didn't go, they didn't go through the guild. They contacted her directly. So it's real hard to figure out who it was that did it. So she pays them um, their cut of the bounty and lets them know that, hey, if you need money, come back and see me. I always have jobs available. Which om- almost has the Bad Batch being mercenaries, a.k.a. the A-Team. <laughs> she, <laughs> well, actually, she, she also kind of makes it, she kind of makes it, um, without actually saying it, she kind of makes it clear to Hunter that he kind of doesn't have a whole lot of choice in the matter. Yeah. And she does say that she's she's figured out pretty much with if Fennec Shan's on this, they, there's got to be a sizable bounty she's following. So, but don't worry, she's pretty good at keeping secrets, according to her, as you were alluding right. to there, Derek. But also, mm-hmm. her character kind of reminds me a little bit of Grief Karga. 
a little bit. Doling out jobs yep. here and there. It's right. she serves a very similar role in this that he does in, or, or for this episode that he does in Mandalorian, and that's the end of this episode. Then a lot of stuff coming in here, but um, in moving the story ahead, finally. Well, getting back mm-hmm. to Moochie, um, there's a big Return of the Jedi connection, and it is not Moochie though. Um, Moochie, you know, we see Bib Fortuna has hired Moochie to get to get Moochie back for Jabba. Uh, going through this whole process, uh, at the end of the episode, we see Moochie's safe return to Bib, who lovingly pests the little Rancor that is now happy back under J- Jabba's auspices. The Hut's infamous criminal organization is known for its cruelty and greed, but these crooks sure love their Rancors. Um, Endless entertainment. So, in if this well, episode, as long as you run out of slaves. If this episode mm. set off Return of the Jedi alarms, that's for good reason. Um, Mushi and her backstory will likely remind viewers of the original trilogy's own Rancor, who went head-to-head with Luke and lost, um, well, kind of big time. <laughs> um, I, 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 I think as much as just got a splitting headache. Luke, Luke definitely drove the point home. Yeah. yeah. Tough crowd. Um, you may have even made the mistake of thinking that Mushi was the said Return of the Jedi Rancor, but the Twi'lek and Gamorrean eating monster destined to die below Jabba's palace, but Mushi is a completely different Rancor. The Rancor in Return of the Jedi is named Patis, Patessa, who is actually male. And since the movie takes place in 4 ABY, does that mean Mushi, who we're meeting about 23 years before, could eventually grow up to be Patessa's mom? No. According to the Ultimate Star Wars reference book, uh, Bib gave Patessa to Jabba for his birthday present before or during 32 BBY, more than a decade before the events of the Bad Batch, which means that Patessa is either older than Muchi at this point or at least the same age. So if Muji isn't the Rancor at the palace, where did Bib and the Gamorrean guards take her at the end of the episode? Uh, right now, we don't know at the moment, but it stands to reason that Jabba enjoys keeping several of these pets around, so you n- never know when someone might need to be disposed of. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah. But wait, there's more. How about Easter eggs? We have a few. There's one or two in there. There's about, well, I've got a story that lists about five. Uh, Sid and Ray Perlman. Um, she is the third Cheers veteran to to join the space opera. Who was the first? John Ratzenberg, I know, was in there. Yep. I think he was the first one. Yep. They do not list the... Uh, oh, Der Woody Harrelson. That's right. Yeah. That would be the second. And now Ray Perlman. Well, if you watch that old show, Cheers, the, everybody that was on there as a regular has had a, a pretty decent career after that, too. Mm. Some had a pretty decent career before that, like George Went. Yeah. George Went was yeah. in uh, was in MASH. Had a cube, had a uh, pool ball stuck in his mouth, if I remember right. Um, Moochie the, the Raincore. Uh, just the fact that it's a nod to, like we just talked about, Patessa, uh, just bringing the Rathcores back out. Um, Rancors are a reptilian species native to the planet Dathomir, which is home of the witches of Dathomir. Uh, they are semi-sentient 
and not quite as self-aware as a person, but no mental pushover either. So, um, been fortunate in Job of the Hut. Um, so enough said there. And then of course, Ord Montel. Um, though you know, throughout both canon, old and old legends can continuity is a hotbed for criminals and bounty hunters. See, old Mantel, yeah. old Mantel would have been great to to experience in a solo too. Well, you may still get that. I hope so. I don't know if it would actually be solo is, two or uh, just be another movie in that um, time frame in series. Andor, yeah, Andor could be a good possibility as well. Yeah. Uh, so could we- people pushing for uh, a solo too. Yeah, I would love to see a yeah, solo. The last too. couple, the last I couple would. weeks has been um, a lot yeah. of um, new rumors about that. So, yep. mm, I think it has yeah. to do with also the uh, Bounty Hunters comic series bringing stuff, some stuff up. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing another solo movie. I liked that. That was good. Yeah. So um, then finally, see how far we get with this one. The story. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rush it because I think we have some good talking points with it. According to Den of Geek, ten best Star Wars villains ranked. Hmm. So I would say take a minute and rank your top top three, or would top five be easier? I don't know. Let's just do I've top. already cheated. I'm looking through their list. <laughs> well, create your own. Do top yeah. three. Do top three. Your your top three and for you for you smugglers listening at home make a list right now yourself and tweet it to us on twitter at wookie radio love to see what your top three star wars villains are and i would say this would cover anything films um the books curtain current canon books and the animated series all any of the animated series that is canon we're gonna try and keep this all to canon canon era so, as you guys are still working on your list, again, Den of Geek, they rank, this is their ranking, number 10, General Grievous. So, how do you guys feel? Too high or too low? Just right? It's not a bad position for um, Grievous. Yeah, hard to say until we hear some other ones, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Obviously, when we see him, uh, he's already in Android form. Um, you know, the four-armed droid which he lo- arms look a lot skinnier when the arms separate from two to four arms. But um, this non-human wields four lightsabers at the same time, all of which he stole from Jedi he killed. Yeah. While there is no personality with Grievous to draw from, you can see some of his history in the Cl- Clone Wars episode Lair of Grievous. So, Yeah, it's, uh, at some point, I'm, wonder- I'm wondering if they will ever go back and actually um, give us the backstory of Grievous a little bit. The actual backstory of mm. what happened to him, but also how did he get involved with the separatists and stuff? Right. I thought they did briefly in a com in one of the comics. Yeah, but was that before the, the reset? No, I think it was after the reset. Because mm. I know there's, I know I've seen a lot of concept art of what he was like before. Yeah, becoming well, was it maybe like in in the uh, those one shots they did? Maybe. And I know, I know it was discussed too that Grievous was used as, was possibly used as the um, the test for um, for Vader mm. as well. Uh, now, positive. Number, I believe there was much less of him left than there was of Vader. 
Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Number nine. I think this is higher. Should be higher. Grand Admiral Thrawn. Yeah. Nine. On the list. Nine. They put him as nine. Yep. Get out of here. I agree. I think he should be higher on the list. I mean, we're not, we've not revealed ours, but for me, he would be probably, he's within the top three for me. It definitely needs to be higher. Yep. Um, Fans love Thrawn so much that he was with the first non-canon Legends character to be retconned back into the new canon. Uh, and Mandalorian Season 2 has even set up Thrawn to make his first live-action appearance at a later date, which I can't wait for. Yeah. I like how they say at a later date and don't just say straight in in the Ahsoka series. Because yeah. we, we may see him in, uh, in a different series. Yeah. So, uh, number eight. Definitely needs to be a swap here because I would put this person at number nine, Kylo Ren. Yeah, for him, him and Grievous could, uh, either one could take that spot. Ren. Definitely not better than Thrawn. Ren at nine, not at eight. I think, I think Kylo edges out Grievous. Grievous still stays at the 10th spot. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, there's still questions on whether Kylo is still considered a true villain course he is but if darth vader is villain then so is kylo ren yeah mm-hmm. uh number seven i i think she could be higher asajj ventress yeah mm-hmm. looking think- at the list it's like some of these i actually agreed that need to be on this top 10 list but there's other ones that are totally missing from the list that should have been here yeah uh i would definitely say asajj is higher on the list not at seven possibly yeah not at seven. Yeah, I would think so too. Uh okay. Maybe I was wrong. Well, now we're hitting. Yeah, this eight. is not all mm-hmm. canon. This is, we're hitting our first non-canon. Uh, and uh, I, I don't even know if I think she should be on the list. Kriya, not in the top ten. Kriya Darth Treya at number six. She comes from Knights of the Old Republic too. Uh, yeah. Uh, well. I'm going to give a quick spoiler a little bit that um, I don't understand why she's on the list and they left Count Dooku off. Really? Dooku's not here, but I mean, how does she rank higher than Count Dooku? Okay. Now you just, you know what I'm saying? I have not looked through this list on purpose. And now that's the only, that's the only one I'm going to mention about the rest of these. <laughs> Cause um, that's, that's a blatant like mess up <laughs> somehow. Number five, Boba Fett. See, I almost would put him on the villain part. <laughs> I don't think he's, he's one of the gray area um, Star Wars characters. He's he always doing yeah. a job specifically. You know what I mean? He's an anti-hero, not a villain. Yeah, yeah. I don't even think he's an anti. Well, maybe now in the Mandalorian, he is. Um, like who's paying him? Yeah, he actually fall in the same category as um, Han Solo. Whoever's paying them, that's what they're doing. Han did some really despicable stuff sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number four, Darth Maul. He could be right about that spot mm-hmm. too. Yeah, with who I have for the top three, he would probably fall into that fourth spot for me. Mm, yeah. This next one, I would actually drop at five and put Fed at six and get rid of the uh, Darth Treya. Yeah, Moff Gideon. Yeah, he may end up being higher on the list the farther we go, because we really not spend a whole lot of time. I mean, yeah, we've had some time with him, but he's so fresh right. to the canon right now. Right now, it's hard to figure out 
his backstory a little bit. And like with Thrawn, we've spent time with him, but the newer Thrawn books have given you so much of who Grand Admiral Thrawn is. Right. Mm. Right now, uh, Gideon is listed at number three. Mm-hmm. Number two, Palpatine. Yeah. Yeah. But if you watch the nine saga films, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And number one. Gee, who will it be? Grand Moff Tarkin. Yeah. <laughs> no? You don't buy that one? Admiral Piet. Then I'll give you the correct answer. Job of the Hut. <laughs> Still don't buy that one. No. Who else? Well, although you have mentioned two top ten contenders that should not that for some reason didn't make this list. But we got a video game character instead. Who mm. who else would it could it be? Probably the greatest movie villain of all time. He's usually within the top five of I've ever seen. I think he's the top. I think he's the top movie villain of all time. That's just me. Darth Vader. I believe so. The Dark yeah. Father, which is what Darth Vader translates to from German, the Dark Father. So, um, so Derek, who did you have in your top three? Well, I don't think it's going to be any big surprise. But number three, I had Thrawn. Uh, number two, Palpatine. And number one is, of course, Vader. Okay. My list is pretty much the same. Emperor Emperor and Vader can switch back and forth depending on mm. what I'm feeling. Mm. Okay. Because, yeah, I remember the Emperor was pulling the strings on everything from the beginning. Right. So I, I'm the only one who really has something different. I did Thrawn at three, Dooku at two. Dooku. Vader at one. I'm telling you, Kevin Scott's Dooku Jedi Lost really changed how I view Dooku now. Yeah. And Dooku is a, a lot more villainous than he's given credit for. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's because in the books, and, or not in the books, in the movies, yeah, he fell to the dark side, but it wasn't like Vader where he's killing everybody and all these things. It was more of a political choice to step to the dark side. And in that book, you find it's the same thing. It's a political choice that he made. Yeah. That cha- that he steps to the dark side. It's not because he was full of anger or hatred or all this other stuff. Yeah. That is why he failed. Mm-hmm. And that's why also you notice he wasn't quite as strong as where we see Vader. Vader, his rage and his – actually, his love drove him to the dark side. Yeah. Not knowing mm-hmm. how to deal with it. Well, let's think about this too. With Vader and or Anakin, think about that scene where Obi Wan and Anakin come to rescue Vader from Dooku. Vader, I mean Palpatine. Palpatine from Dooku. Yeah, I'm jumping ahead. What what's foreshadowed in that room? Oh yeah, the throne room. No, it's three key people that Vader kills or Anakin kills. Oh. He kills Dooku. He ends up killing Obi-Wan later down the road, and he kills Palpatine later down the road. Yeah. All three of those die at Vader's hands. Vader slash Anakin's hands. Vanakin. Vanakin. It's <laughs> a good one. Yeah, but like I said, looking at this top ten list, it's like, Asajj is awesome, um, but she probably could have been a little farther down the list. She could have. Um, Kylo definitely should have been farther down the list. Uh, and uh, Darth Treya probably should not have made the top ten. When you, especially when you leave out uh, Jabba the Hutt, you left out Count Dooku, you left out Grand Moff Tarkin. Mm. 
you you left off Sizer from Shadows of the Empire. Yeah. Yeah. Caesar, yeah. Well, that's if you're keeping with canon or not keeping with canon. Prince Caesar may not, wouldn't make the list if you're on canon. But they didn't stay with canon, so. They didn't stay with canon. And I would put, I would put Caesar there then before Treya. Yeah. And before you put Darth Treya, I would put Revan or Darth Malak from Knights of Republic 1. I would put one of those two there. I would, I would even put in just as a race, the Yuzan Vong before her. If you're going to go all all Star Wars. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So. Um, What's scary is the race that the Force cannot have any touch at all on. Right. I mean, they don't even exist in the Force. Right. So um, I think that's going to be about it, guys. Any, any other final thoughts? Okay. Any final thoughts? Before I say any other final thoughts. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, nope. Well, in a Star Wars, um, and a side note, a sister to our favorite franchise, Indy 5 is supposed to go in front of cameras within the next week or so. Yeah. Uh, yep. So it is actually happening. Very cool. Oh, on uh, StarWars.com, they have instructions on how you can make your own Bad Batch Lula doll. Yes, I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. Yep. I'm surprised like Build a Bear doesn't have that yet. Uh, Give him a couple weeks. It it doesn't it doesn't fit the Build a Bear model. I'm surprised they don't have this particular one being sold at Galaxy's Edge yet. Yeah. Well, there's a couple of them that a couple places that, that give them a month or so and they'll have it out there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, um, I don't know. I guess we could do this quickly. Guys, head over to starwars.com. I just closed StarWars.com. Well, shame on you. Right there on the homepage is quiz. What percent wrecker are you? Well, that's here somewhere. Let me look, find it. It's right on the main slider on the homepage. Yep, I got it. You got it, Derek? I don't know. I'll see it. Oh, there it is. Yeah, hold on. I got it. Okay. So for those playing along at home, uh, you can go to StarWars.com as well. Question one, how do you approach a problem? Jump in. Ask for help, plan a strategy, pass it off. You do not have to say, just click your answer. Number two, describe yourself. Retro, fancy, functional, style. Style, question mark. Remember to pick your answer. What's your favorite exercise? Running, yoga, cycling, weightlifting. What scares you? Driving, heights, animals, or flying? Not my jokes. Hmm. Then we know this is rigged. I know what I know what scares Derek. What? <laughs> that, that just doesn't scare him. That causes nightmares. <laughs> number, <laughs> <laughs> number five. How do you relax? Reading, going out to eat, hanging out with friends, playing a sport. Number six. What is your favorite color? Red, gray, beige, white. What choices? <laughs> I know. Half of these questions I had to choose just what's the closest to the closest thing because I don't have any of the answers that yeah. are for me. If your friend needs help, mm-hmm. what do you do? Finish what, I, finish what I'm doing, then help. Help right away, no matter what. Ask someone else to help them. Let them figure it out. Number eight, how do you handle defeat? Learn from my mistakes. I get angry, but move on. I'm a good sport. I never lose. What makes you happy? Being active, giving a gift, relaxing at home, seeing old friends. Number 10, what's your greatest attribute? 
technical ability, leadership skills, bravery, or compassion? What did you guys get? Surprisingly, I don't know how, but somehow I got 100% record. Okay. I got 25% record. I got 25% record. Weird. <laughs> so let, let us know what percent record are you on Twitter at Wookie Radio. Again, at Wookie Radio on Twitter, let us know what percent record you are and who your top three Star Wars villains are, too. So um, that wraps it up. No, uh, no final thoughts. That's pretty much it. Actually, I just found another um, another quiz on there back from April. It was which Bad Batch member are you? Yeah, I'm going through. Yeah, I just did that one. I got Hunter. Uh, Give me a second. Somehow I'm 100 percent wrecker, but I'm also Hunter. Go figure. Oh, it's not what I wanted. I get to that other one. Okay. Uh, According to this, I am Echo. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, I got Hunter as well. <laughs> so, well, cool. On that note, guys, I think there's only one thing left to be said. Give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter. Jet, I can hold it. Pull up! No, I'm all right. information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2! You showed me something today.